It don't matter what I try I just can't win and I don't know why There's a fork in every road I pick the wrong one and then I go American loser, yes I am Disenfranchised from everything well, I fall up and I fall down American loser the day I was born You heard the call. You guys know what that means. Try, try it this week. No, no, it. no. Get it this week? That was probably the best one. Yeah, that was pretty good, actually. <laughs> I do what, feel just, bad. If we could sample that and we'll just play it over there each week. because Now he's going to try to add to it every week. Put I know this guy. Oh, I'll make a hip-hop beat out of it. We got you. <laughs> there you go. Oh, guys, welcome back to Come American on. Loser. Uh, my name is KP Burke. I'm a New Jersey-based comedian. I can't escape that fact. Okay? It follows me everywhere I go. That's it. He's a Jersey guy. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but we're live at a Shared Universe podcast studio where the great Ming Chen is taking great chair of us. Great chair of us. Great oh, chair man. Of us. Yeah, well, Chairman nice Ming chair. Chen Mao of... <laughs> <laughs> Chairman Ming. Oh, man. This will be taken off YouTube soon, I think. But anyway, guys... If you're listening on audio, you already know the deal. Uh, if you're watching us on YouTube, we're happy to have you here. If it's your first episode, then uh, you picked a strange one. We're in the weird month <laughs> of Halloween here it. on a show called American Loser. Where, it's not it. called Halloween. It's fuck with Kahuna month. It's, <laughs> it's pretty rough. On <laughs> Give that. Kahuna nightmares. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> the best time of year. Make him leave the room. So for four years now, what we've been doing, we like to do a couple of creepy episodes every now and then get you into the Halloween spirit if we can, especially when you combine that with history, which is what this show is all about. If you don't already know, the show is called American Loser. We tell weird stories from American history. We put the spotlight firmly on. On second place. There we go. So I'm KP Burke. With me, as always, is my Dilf of a dad, Lawrence Patrick. Say hello to the hey, people. Hey, everybody. How we doing in this spooky month of October? Well, uh, Lawrence Patrick. Uh, Sir. Be you, careful there, bud, because you're about you're on the brink of you're on the edge of destruction there with your microphone. I live my life there on the go. edge on of the destruction. Edge. On the okay. Edge. I'm what they call a rebel, sir. So, um, <laughs> a cause. We do have to, uh, yes, in purpose, <laughs> rebel without a pair of pants. Um, but I will say this, folks. We have to introduce behind the ones and twos, the man who we've been torturing with this theme for about four <sighs> years right. now. That's right. Um, but of course, we like I said, we're live at a Shared Universe podcast studio in Hometel, Hometel New Jersey. Hometel? Hometel, Hometel. Are you all right there, Hometel. KP? No, I'm not. I haven't slept in weeks. Boston was insane. Nick's Comedy Stop was insane. It was amazing. Uh, I was at the comedy shop in New York City last night doing time, uh, hanging out. Uh, just just a, a great time. Hanging out with actually Chris Abalo and Joe Weber, two, both former guests of the show and friends of the man behind the ones and twos. You guys know him. He's the man who makes things happen around here. Kahuna Vision. Popped up Kahuna Vision already? Good, good, yeah. good. How are you guys? Uh, I'm very good, my friend. And uh, Kahuna's rocking a good beard. Larry Burke's got his classic mustache on. Hey. And I am doing handlebars for uh, the, the rest of the month of uh, October for uh, uh, Stashtoberfest. Okay. Do <laughs> a Civil War theme? Uh, a little bit, a little okay. bit. I want to uh, have a swinging gate movement down Little Round Top <laughs> in a couple <laughs> of weeks here. Okay. Old very specific. Very specific. That was very specific. That, but that's what happens. I was up in New England over the weekend. You know, those boys were from Maine originally. And uh, again, shout out real quick just to uh, everybody who came out to uh, Nick's Comedy Stop. Saturday night was a sellout. Um, pretty excited about all that. Very cool up there. Uh, next time I'm in Boston, I want to do all the history stuff. Uh, but it was just chaos, man. So thank you, everybody who came out. 
Um, there are more headlining dates and stuff like that coming up too. We'll promote that as we can go here, but we owe you guys a Halloween episode. That's it. I'm coming in midweek without this handsome guy right here because I actually have another topic I have to do. I am lining up uh, the guest, a returning favorite on the show. Um, Eric Albert will be coming back in <laughs> and he's got the greatest Arizona ghost story of all time. There you go. And getting it, it's it, getting off the East coast and oh, yeah. taking it out West. So the only rule we had, and by the way, uh, and mark your calendars now, folks. Okay. If you're like us, um, a Monday night, Halloween, you're not going out partying, get your partying in over the weekend, bang a couple of slutty nurses, maybe find some girls dressed up in costumes as nurses too, whatever you can do. Um, but, uh, figure it all out. Do what you got to do on the weekends, Monday night on Halloween night after the kids go to bed. All right. <laughs> maybe seven, seven 30. What are you thinking? Kahuna? I think that works. 7, 7.30. So we're going to go live yeah. here at the studio cool. and we're bringing back the Wizards of Odd, uh, my friend Don MacArthur and the great Ted Daniels. And we're going to bring them in. They got a great show. They were huge, huge hits last time we brought them on. So it's just going to be a show where everybody just tries to out creepy themselves. It is going it. to be. Um, that's first. one of those ones where Kahuna is going to ask if he can sleep on the couch, uh, probably right here in the front of the studio, <laughs> because that way he right. can make sure that nobody can sneak up behind can't him. Sneak up. So. Grab Fest 22. See, you have no idea how true that might be, but hey, it's all good. Well, I'll tell you what, man. Um, you got some uh, – Ted and Don have some very, very good creepy stories. They definitely skeeved me out last time they were here, and I love the two of them very much. Uh, this particular episode, Kahuna, you know is going to be a good one because guess who came up with the topic all by himself? Ooh. Yeah, the one, the only. This man right here, Lawrence Patrick. So – um, first of all, how did you stumble upon this without giving anything away? And then I'll do the setup. I just did the old, the usual Google search for uh, creep me out, you know, whatever it was. I forget what the actual catchphrase I was using, but uh, you know, just creepy stories from around the around the United States. And this one came up as one of the uh, top ten haunted houses. So. <laughs> it's um, it's a good one. It's a very good one. Lots of visual aids here too for our good friend Deb Potts. Uh, and also Jeff Quentin, all the other diehard loser fans. Happy birthday, James Stiffy, too, by the way. Uh, his boy, Quad, actually made us give him the shout out, too. So thank you, Quad. We appreciate that, there man. And of course, uh, the guys who have been with us, we know you better if you're on the Patreon, okay? Because then I actually get your real name. We get to talk a little bit. And how much is that for, Dad? Just as little as oh, what? Oh, three bucks. Three Le bucks. Less than a dollar an episode, folks. That's all I'm asking of you. And we're trying to give you as much entertainment value as possible. That being said, I'm out of announcements. I'm out of bullshit. It's time to tell you guys a goddamn ghost story and a real one from American history at that. Yeah, this is not uh, this isn't made up. This is uh, this is all shit that actually happened, which makes it even creepier to my point of view. Oh, uh, that, that's the ones that actually are most unsettling to me because I can kind of dismiss it where I'm just like, oh, that was just an idea somebody had or, uh, you know, blah, 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 whatever. So that's how I know this is going to be a good one. <laughs> even even LP is like, eh, I don't know about all that. Yeah. Okay. It was unsettling to write this uh, by myself in a dark house. That's when you know it's a good one. So um, quality loser ingredients here this week are going to be a, uh, a haunted house, a terrifying family curse, and beer. <laughs> yeah, Sign us up. That kind of covers everything we're all about That's here it. on this show. <laughs> um, and then we got a little, uh, little sprinkling of uh, illicit sex and, uh, yeah, and beer. And when you got beer, what else do you need, right? Yeah, I need you to. This is the makings of like an amazing <laughs> episode of American Loser. So why don't we just delve into it? What is this about? So St. Louis is a gorgeous city in the heart of the United States that boasts a wonderful baseball franchise. One might say the second best in uh, all of baseball. Uh, some of the best ribs in the country. One might argue the best ribs in the country. And of course, beer. Uh, there's tons and tons of beer out there. But there is a darker side to the city. 
a horrid darkness that lurks within the confines of the comfy, cozy Midwest. Underneath all that manners, underneath all their politeness, there lies an evil, a dark evil. And we're not talking. That was a beautiful voice, actually. Spooky music. Cue the spooky music, Coons. It's good. Well, it doesn't get much speed. Honest to God, it's spooky as hell. Um, St. Louis has awful thin crust pizza. It's the worst. <laughs> it's like a cracker crust that they do. I don't know why they do it. It's great. You look at it. If you Google photos of it, it looks like what the cafeteria lady gave you when she forgot that she put it in the oven. And folks, she's like, well, shit, I'm not saw, getting fired. Folks, if you saw what I saw, because with Kahuna Vision comes the responsibility of making this show happen. KP just dead eyed right into the camera. St. Louis pizza's garbage i'm just like the funniest fucking thing yeah oh my god i should probably look because we do have the analytics i gotta figure out if we just offended people from st louis if you've had st louis pizza and you defended uh dm me let me know okay (laughs) dm me hit me up on instagram at kp burke sucks let me know where i'm wrong okay if you like uh monster with a little tomato paste on top that's your st louis pizza we had mres in the navy that were similar to that and again coming from jersey we know real pizza unfortunately it's true Oh, yeah. But uh, today we're not talking about awful pizza. We're talking about a creepy mansion right off of Route 55 in gorgeous St. Louis, a town that I would love to come do comedy in. So, again, let me know. Um, Off of Route 55, this house is rather gorgeous in architecture, but ominous in its history. It's the story, folks, of the Lemp Mansion. So, Kuhn, I'm going to ask you to bring up the first photo we have here, which is the Lemp family tree. And we're going to learn about the the very curious and odd fates and almost a, a curse that is uh, befallen the, the Lemp family here. Uh, it looks like the DVD cover for a direct-to-video horror movie. Starring Mark Riccadonna as. <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean starring, directed by? Oh, <laughs> uh, man. Um, but it's a creepy one here. And that photo in the background there, if you can actually pull up um, Lemp Mansion 1 for me, Coons. And uh, what a gorgeous building. Lawrence Patrick, you know a little bit more about architecture than most people. You've uh, been in the trades your whole life. Um this is this is and by the way that that that's a good photo of the front of the building, but the whole back has like weird some towers and stuff like that. If you can bring up Lemp Mansion too, just so the people can see it here, Coons. It, it's a a gorgeous building. But what strikes you about this, and what what did, when you were reading about it, what made you think it was kind of cool? Oh, it was just that it, its story and then the the people that uh, well we'll get into it a little bit later on, but you know it now like all good uh, mansions, it's. Uh, Got a long history, and of course, that's actually a great photo. If, if Kahuna can bring that one up, I wish I had found that one. Hard to find that in my uh, cell phone at uh, work on a lunch break somewhere in Hamilton, New Jersey. Especially when you're not trying to think of how horrifying the story is. Yeah. Well, it's uh, this one's a good one here. So uh, Kahuna is going to bring that one up. And again, you guys are getting all the visual stuff here. If you watch us over on YouTube, it means a lot to me. That's can, a painting, but this is beautiful. It, it's a gorgeous house, man. It's um, it's really uh, one of a kind architecture too for its time here. Um, the house, by the way, is uh, built in 1890, but this original story is going to go back to 1798. Now, I wrote this during an ambient fever dream. So <laughs> quite often you're going to see what we have on the show is, uh, is, is me trying to tell you guys a story and my father interrupting to correct me because I've asked him to. I need him to because I, <laughs> I screwed some stuff up here. And by the way, this family is very ambient, difficult to keep up with. chemistry, eh? That's Yeah, I mean, yeah. I just <laughs> And by the way, that's how good of a person I am. I take Ambien and blackout right episodes of the show for you guys. All I'm saying is I'm no saint. I'm better than Roseanne. Um, <laughs> oh, come on. <laughs> uh, but um, here's the thing. 
Again, the story's going to go back to 1798, and it has to start in Germany. The show's called American Loser. The mansion is in St. Louis, so don't worry, we're going to get to that. But in 1798, uh, is a man is born, a man uh, by the name of Johann. Johann, Johann. Johann, I forgot. He's half German. Sprechen Sie Deutsch. That's right. <laughs> um, Johann, he went by Adam. Okay, so for the purposes of the episode, we're going to call him Adam Lemp, L-E-M-P. Yeah, for, now that's very famous name. That's 1798. That's again, we're a little discrepancy there too, because we're not exactly sure when exactly he was born, because there are no records. But some feel it was 1793, 1798, somewhere in there. But most people uh, tag it as uh, 1798 that Johann Adam Lemp, Herr Lemp, was born in uh, Hesse, Germany. Hesse, Germany. Yeah, it doesn't get much more German than that. So. Again, what we're going to try to explain to you guys here, it was very difficult to go through this family's history and try to explain everything to you because there's so many. Well, how many times did you just think that you were reading like, no, 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 that was the other guy. No, that was the other guy. And then you notice patterns and then you notice what some might consider a curse. (laughs) Ooh, daddy easy. (laughs) Uh, But um, yeah, we're doing the research. I mean, I'm trying to follow Johann Lemp and then. A little further into the research, you find this it kept on referring to as Adam Lemp. Well, who the heck is Adam Lemp? Well, Adam was the middle name that his given name was Johan, but he went by Adam. That makes sense, right? Uh, not so much, but I guess it made sense somewhere. But so if we refer to Johan Adam Lemp, we're really talking about Adam Lemp. He's the, so the, we'll call the, him Adam Lemp. the founding father, if you will, uh, of the, uh, the American Lemps. Now, he's going to immigrate to the United States in 1836, okay? And he will begin working as a grocer in St. Louis. A grocer, by the way, is someone who, uh, modern-day grocery store clerk kind of a thing. General Um, store, yeah. yeah, Provisions, that kind of a deal. And he's in St. Louis, which has a large German population, and increasingly more and more Germans are going out there. I always thought this was such a cool stat. Um, the after English, uh, the, the number one largest paper, uh, I believe even at one time, the largest uh, printed newspaper in the United States was written in German. That's how many Germans had come over here. Yeah, huge influx. And again, you got to go with the uh, the zeitgeist. Uh, a German word. Yeah, a German word that, uh, you know, the early uh, 1800s, uh, 1800 to like 1815, what's going on in Europe? Well, the Napoleonic Wars. So, I mean, Europe's a mess. Germany isn't Germany just yet because it's a whole bunch of little unified uh, um, fiefdom, not even unified. There's, there's Prussia. Germany there's doesn't exist yet. Little, yeah, it's, it's Germany doesn't <laughs> yeah. exist yet. So there's a whole lot of little uh, kingdoms, if you will, that aren't really unified under any one definite ruler. And Napoleon is just having his way going, marching through Europe. Um, so, and especially in, in Hess, Germany, that, uh, you know, there's a lot of back and forth between armies fighting uh, on that very ground. So anyhow, uh, uh, Adam Lemp. So it's scary. Gonna, and immigrants are coming yeah. here for a better life all the way back then too. Okay. And yep. they're escaping a war, which is, you know, right out of the headlines today as well. And it happens to be that Adam Lemp, we're going to refer to him as Adam Lemp for the rest of the episode here. He's going to come over. He's working as a grocer. In a, as a grocer, he winds up the American dream. By the way, is alive and well um, around this time, as far back as then as well. That you can do these things. So he's working as a grocer. Winds up opening up his own grocery store, and he noticed that of all the things he was carrying, Kahuna. Keep in mind, this is a German fella. Mm-hmm. All right, yeah. it's a German fella. 
he's got two things he's making himself that are selling off the shelves. And yeah. you notice when you got a product that's selling really hot, you, you tend to pay more attention to it. What do you think Kahuna would be those two uh, products? You you're not going to get one of them, but it's Germans. Okay, so what do they like? It's beer, isn't it? Beer's Especially, one of them. Especially in the month of October. Exactly. Oktoberfest, right? And yeah. uh, Oh, I got the other one. Uh, Lederhosen. <laughs> Blonde chicks. Yeah. Um, there you go. <laughs> but uh, he noticed that the two items that he was making himself, which meant that he was not having to you know, import, export, if you will, were vinegar and beer, and they were selling quite nicely. Yeah, so, now the beer and the vinegar both, it's, it's, a, it's a home, you know, single batch kind of a stuff. Uh, think of it as the, uh, you know, you can brew your own beer in, in the home, uh, the home brewery kind of a thing. Well, he's making it out back, like in the, in the shed type of a thing, but, uh, he's developing a different kind of a beer than what most well, I'll Americans get into that in a second. Okay. All right. But, and he's in, he's in St. Louis and there's a huge German influx into St. Louis. Uh, again, there's all kinds of, uh, recent immigrants, that are coming over to the United States. And uh, St. Louis happened to be uh, a place where a lot of them uh, um, put down put down their roots. There's a couple reasons, by the way, that St. Louis is going to become the mecca of American beer, if you will. Okay. Now, interestingly enough, I'm, without going into a diatribe here, Lemp will eventually make the move towards becoming the brew king of St. Louis, Missouri. Now, whenever you see a beer commercial, you always hear at the end, St. Louis, Missouri, right? Really? Anheuser-Busch. Um, oh, there yeah. There's so many yeah, people yeah. out there. Coors brags about being out in Colorado a little bit different, but something similar I'm going to point out here in a second that I think you guys will get a kick out of. But before Adam Lemp can make his move towards becoming the brew king of St. Louis, all of his efforts are going into uh, what Norm from Cheers would refer to as uh, beer. Is that that Amber Sudsy stuff? Yeah, I'll try one. So at the time, like you were saying, Dad, beer is popular in America, but it's mostly in the English ales and porters, okay? Because that's the, the, the first immigration wave that really came over here. And kind of dominate, especially on the East Coast, guys like Sam uh, Sam Adams. So if you want to go ahead and go through um, the back uh, catalog, you can check that episode out. We loved him, man. He was a phenomenal guy here. And taverns would have a lot of cider and stuff like that. But the Germans, they are steeped deep in what uh, is known as the German Kultur, okay, culture, which uh, to such an extent that uh, the German beer has to follow a purity law, okay, the purity law goes all the way back to the 1500s yeah. and is still adhered to today. So if you drink certain kinds, um, I think Spaten is one of them. I know Bex is one of them that you'll see on the side of the bottle. It says uh, German purity law of 1583 adhered to. Literally, the 1500s, they'd figured out this is how you make the perfect German style beer. And if you take these ingredients in or out of it, you are no longer actually a, a perfect German beer like they're saying. So the success of Johann Adam Lemp's Western Brewing is very interesting because he has um, a German-style lager, which no one else has had. But all the Germans that are coming are like, oh, shit, this tastes like the stuff we got back home. This is the best. Yeah. We don't have to pretend that we're enjoying this crappy English <laughs> ale. <laughs> all right? Yeah, or stout, which was uh, you know another one that the, the Germans were really into so much. They were, they were more into the, uh, the lagers. And uh, Adam Wimp is the guy that's making a really tasty uh, lager. And he actually got the recipe from his father because Adam Wimp was brewing beer or was a, a, an apprentice brewer back in, back in Germany before he came over. So he, he came over with the, uh, the knowledge, the know-how on us how to uh, brew a proper beer, even if he's doing it in his backyard. Well, think about this too, is that uh, 
a lot of the other big names that are going to come through here, Anheuser, Bush. Okay, they have a partnership that's going to go crazy, blah, blah, blah. There's a, lot, there's a couple of names that come into this very story we're going to talk about here later. Um, but specifically, out in St. Louis, um, there's something fat. This, this blew my mind. I thought this was so interesting. So you had a good water source, right, in order to make – and you have this German populace who knows how to make this German-style lager. And then in order to keep the beer cool, okay um, – St. Louis has tons of caves and underground tunnels and caverns, and that's where you would keep the beer so that the beer would stay cold because we're talking pre-refrigeration era. So that's why you'd have a cider or an English ale because, it, you know. Oh. Yeah. And you're back in 1840s here, so there's no refrigeration. But, and the word lager is actually a German word, which means to store. So you've got to make <laughs> the beer and then store it someplace, and you've got to store it in a cool environment. So they were putting this beer or storing up this beer, this lager in uh, underground caverns. We got us. rivers, we got Germans, we got caves, <laughs> beer mecca, okay? And the limp name will become synonymous with beer in St. Louis as Johann's son, William, will work his uh, in the family business for a time, by the way. Um, Johann's able to put together uh, uh, this limp beer or, or, you know, it becomes very, very popular. Um, and now William, his son, is actually an educated man who will also serve with honor, mind you, in the United States Army. Well, he did work at Western Brewing, which was his father's brewery. Um, it's kind of interesting to me. There's a couple of things to point out here, too. Number one is that in 1862, um, the patriarch of the Lemp Brewing Empire, if you will, uh, Johann, a.k.a. Adam Lemp, mm -hmm. will unfortunately pass away. Okay, but he has made the Lemp name synonymous with beer, specifically German-style beer, in St. Louis. It's popular. It's at all the taverns, all the restaurants. You can get your hands on some to bring home to you. Ooh, wouldn't that be a treat, Dad, to have a German-style lager at the at dinner at your own table? There you go. And it's a Lemp beer, too, so you know it's one of the good ones. Boom. Right, let's just, first ghost. <laughs> <laughs> let's just rewind this a little bit, though. But um, Adam Lemp, the founding American uh, brewer here, if you will, when he was still in Germany, he married his first wife, uh, and Anna Claremont. <laughs> this is how we had a hard time. We had to talk yeah, on the I mean, phone before I, this. I, I had to uh, actually create the family tree here, and it was it was still scratching my head with uh, all these different names and um, seniors, juniors, threes, and uh, name changes and everything else. But um, he marries uh, an Anna Claremont in Germany. And then she dies early on, um, and she was only uh, – she gave him one uh, offspring, one daughter, um, uh, Johannette, uh, who, from uh, wife number one. He very quickly remarries. We're still in Germany now before he comes to America. He quickly remarries, and he remarries a uh, Justina Baum. Uh, now, Justina Baum has two kids by uh, Adam, uh, Adam Lemp. Uh, one was uh, – shit, I got to get it right here now. It's, it, this is why I was nervous to even go into this because I don't want us to be wrong on two accounts. Yeah, because <laughs> it, 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 it adds to the creepiness of, of the story, I think. So he marries the number two, and it was, it was varying either, either three months later or um, 15 months later. So very quickly, he remarries, and they have two sons. One is Wilhelm, who was born in 1834, and then Jacob, who was born in 1836. Wilhelm dies at the age of four. 
A lot of tragedy in this family. So when Wilhelm dies at age four, his younger brother, Jacob, takes on the older brother's name. They anglicize Wilhelm and they anglicize it to become William. So William Jacob Lemp is actually the second son of uh, the second marriage, (laughs) right? You got to have a scorecard to keep this straight. Um, But anyhow, Germans. uh, After he marries Justina Baum, they have the two kids, and then shortly thereafter, he's fallen into uh, financial hard times. Adam Wemp does, and there's a number of different uh, enterprises that he gets involved with, and it's not going real well. And again, we're post Napoleonic Wars, so uh, things are not real good. And depending on what research you do or what um, source you're coming from, he either abandons, he basically skips out on the family. And, and Dad, he was checking William, the furnace. Yeah. Yeah. He uh, either abandons or ships out, skips out, does the skedaddle. He takes off for America. Now, some feel that he was leaving, leaving Germany to get away from the creditors. And others feel that he was just trying to get away from the wife. And others feel that he was just abandoning the family. Um, There were newspaper um, printouts of the wife saying that, uh, you know, that she was now filing for divorce. And, you know, there's all kinds of all kinds of intrigue going on there. But anyhow, he goes off to America and then enters into America and and ends up in St. Louis. Meanwhile, there's William, who used to be known as Jacob, who was the brother of Wilhelm, right? Um, now, who took, the dead name, who took the dead name, though? Wilhelm, uh, his name to, is my name, too. <laughs> uh, uh, real quick, because we do got to get Jacob Jingleheimer Schmidt, da 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 No, but... Uh, who took the, uh, the dead name? Brother's the name, younger yeah. brother, the younger brother Jacob, takes his older brother, who's now dead, Wilhelm, takes his name, but they they anglicize it, they Americanize it, and they call him William. He, now he call now back. becomes known as William Jacob Limp or William J Limp. So call back here, folks. Those who might remember a very very creepy episode we did on the guy known as the Gray Man, also known as Albert Fish. Mm-hmm. Albert Fish took on his his dead brother was named Albert, and he wanted to be named Albert and called Albert after his dead brother, which is known as a necronym, as in like pseudonym or, or you know, a necronym is the the, the dead name that You're uh, he the took. Name so of, uh, it's very some, creepy. Yeah. yeah, it's definitely a yeah. creepy thing here. Now I want to get into, if I can, real quickly, that uh, William uh, Johann's son is now running Western Brewing. Okay, because we got a lot to cover here. This family gets a little nuts. Uh, well, a little is probably not the right way to phrase it. Yeah, a whole lot. Yeah, but um, we got to hurry. Fast forward, eighteen forty-eight. Um, Adam Lemp goes back to Germany and gets William out of Germany. The kid is now twelve years old and brings him back to America. So you know there was varying reports as to what was the motivation there, but uh, he basically brings. Uh, the boy back to the United States and puts him in charge of the uh, of the brewery. 
which is known as Western Brewing at the time too. Yeah. Now they decide to get out of the grocery store business and go into and forget about the making. Oh, did you tell them the second? Already established here. Okay. Vinegar and, uh, and vinegar, beer. But yeah. we've already established too that Lemp beer is now very popular in St. Louis. Huge German population. Johan Adam is going to pass away. So now what's going to happen is that William is going to take over his father's business and he's going to build this even beyond his father, like hit the wildest expectations of his father. Okay. You thought we were just going to do a couple episodes of this show. Here we are year four. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> just go. creating my own legacy. Is out there here, an folks. end to this or no? <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, it's a song that never ends. One of the biggest strokes of genius uh, that um, William's going to have here, and, and eventually we're going to have to call him William Senior Kahuna. That's how crazy the story gets. Oh, but, God. So one of the biggest strokes of genius of William Sr. here is that William Sr. will build the largest brewery at the time. He's also going to bottle his beer at the same place he's brewing it to meet the growing demand for Lent beer in St. Louis and the greater Missouri area. That being said, um, he's also going to do some crazy stuff over here. He's going to implement – he goes, you know, it's cool we have these caves and everything. But if I could have this refrigeration stuff that people are starting to mess with for food, if we could use that for beer, we could have so much more beer and we could keep it that much colder than the caves – on top of that, we also won't be losing product to keeping it down in a cave. And also, if we refrigerate these railroad cars, we can actually start shipping cold beer around the country. And Kahuna, you love a cold beer better than anybody I know. A true American hero. Oh, yeah. That's, yeah. A- <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Real man of genius. <laughs> I'd take my hat off if it wasn't my hair. <laughs> we should put him up on Rushmore. Uh, he's uh, he's pretty fascinating here. And so between that and his refrigerated train cars, Western Brewing Beer is now soon – First beer in American history is, is technically Lemp Beer under the name Western Brewing at the time. It eventually becomes the Lemp Brewing Company. Okay, but uh, this is the first beer in the history of the United States that's available nationwide. If you're in California right. or New Jersey, you can get your hands on a Lemp Beer. National distribution. Pretty freaking and actually, cool. actually, uh, when his father died, when Adam Lemp died, the business was already very successful. Adam Lemp was a very wealthy man when he died in 1862. And he died of cirro- um, cirrhosis of the liver. So in, I in guess the beer he, business? I guess he uh, sampled a little too much of his own stuff. But, uh, <laughs> um, you know, he he uh, he dies. But he, when he, upon his death, he's a very successful guy. But now William, his son, takes over and just expands upon what his father had already started. All these various uh, underground uh, cisterns or caves and stuff where they were storing or lagering the beer. Um, He expands upon that, sinks shafts down in there so the – uh, the back, the beer can be brought down into one end and and roll right on through to the other end, and you're not back and forth. Uh, it's it's a one way assembly line process type of a thing, um, and it's a huge uh, underground uh, network of all these various storerooms and everything else. And then they're building the brewery over the top of it. He's buying up property and buying up and building the the brewery on top of the underground storage facilities that were already there. They're cutting, before refrigeration came in, they were cutting blocks of ice out of the Mississippi River and storing that in the underground caverns and stuff. So it's it's a major league operation. It became- And they're the kings of uh, beer mecca out in St. Louis. And and so now they've established themselves as the, 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 the big swing and dick for beer, um, not just in the Midwest, but now again, a national brand here. Lent beer is the most popular beer, one of the most popular beers in all of America. You might be asking yourself, folks, how is this a horror story again? 
<laughs> yeah, I was about to say, wait, how many? How many? We're in yeah. half yeah. hour. Oh, he ain't Let's <laughs> get the horror. Here we go then, folks. Uh, with great fortune to the family name. Comes great responsibility. Almost, Not. almost, almost, Kahuna. Comes what you could argue would be like some sort of a family curse. There's this idea of the sins of the father. And maybe oh, uh, maybe Johan had some weird stuff going on. My father was talking about about the creepiness here, and that there's people taking on names of uh, their dead siblings and stuff like that. But, that is probably the creepiest thing about this whole story. Well, yeah, it was a, there was another. No, little, it's not <laughs> another little tidbit too, because wife number one, Anna Claremont, okay, uh, she had one daughter with Adam Limp, and that was uh, what was the daughter's name? Uh, Johannette. Right, Johannette. We need to actually construct a, a family tree for this well, one. Once episode. he sets this groundwork, we're gonna plow the train right yeah, through. I'm, I got everything. I'm sorry, guys. But relax, but, relax. Um, but Johannette later comes to America, and she marries a Justice Brannock. Uh, they have a son, Charles Brannock. When Adam Limp dies, he gives the brewery equal partners to son William and grandson Charles Brannock, the, the grandson from his first wife. Equal partners, and if anybody contests the will, nobody gets it. And it's like, it's like the, the plot of Tommy Boy. <laughs> yeah, it really is. And then um, uh, shortly, I mean, and William hated, absolutely hated, detested, Wife number two, Adam Limp's wife number two. Uh, so there was a lot of friction within the family, a lot of infighting. Adam Limp, when he dies, is a very wealthy guy. So now all the relatives are looking for a piece of the pie. Um, wife number two gets the vast majority, but the brewery went to equal share to the grandson, Charles, and the son, William. And that only happened for two years where William by whatever means possible, he's able to buy out Charles. So now William is like the uh, the sole proprietor of uh, Lemp Brewing. And it is now officially going to start to be called Lemp Brewing as well here. So we're going to do a, a, a callback to uh, an early episode when one of uh, our favorite guests, uh, one of my best friends, Anthony Cianci, he goes, stop recap okay <laughs> so we're good to go here we're gonna the, the the train is rolling now guys we've done all of our pro, uh, everything we had to do to set the groundwork up for this one william senior is the guy that's running this limp uh beer empire if you will okay and william has it's done amazing things the limp family name is like i said synonymous with beer especially in st louis they're one of the most wealthy and popular families in all of st louis a lot a lot of money coming through there Doing a little bit better than just owning a grocery store or working in a grocery store. Not bad for being, you know, uh, what are they, second generation immigrants at this point? So William had hoped, William Sr., that is, had hoped that uh, of his children, of who he has many and you're about to meet all of them, <laughs> he had hoped his son Frederick would be the one that would take over his life's work with the Lemp Beer Company. Tragically, however, Frederick had several unknown health problems during his life and the seemingly hand-picked heir apparent to the Lemp Brewing Fortune would pass away from a heart attack as a result of his many illnesses at just the age of 28. Yeah, 28 Whoa. years old and he, he checks out. And this breaks his heart. I'm not saying he was the favorite, but if you're going to hand over the family business to him, you have a strong relationship with this kid. And there's a bunch of other kids too, mind you. All yeah, right? he's not the oldest. It's not like uh, he was the oldest son, so he was uh, he was the heir apparent to the brewery. Um, 
that wasn't the case. I think he was number three or four. Uh, he was definitely. Uh, he was also the three. favorite. Yeah. <laughs> William William Adams' son, William 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 become, Senior, will become known as William Senior. Uh, they have eight kids, and Frederick, I think, was number three or four. But he's the guy that dies early on at, at the age twenty eight, and it, it absolutely crushes uh, William Senior. William Sr. is heartbroken, and his own health, uh, mind you, both mental and physical, will decline around this time. And uh, in the last couple of years of his life, just to kick him square in the cojones one last time before he himself goes, um, he would live long enough to see his best friend die in 1904. Cahoon, are you ready for a name drop? Let's hear it. William Lemp's best friend, in fact, was also a German brewer. And the, when he died, when his best friend, who was also a German brewer, um, award-winning brewer too, mind you, when he dies in 1904... Um, John Anheuser. No, I'm very close. Very, very close. close. Um, oh, you fucking kidding me? <laughs> <laughs> his best friend was Frederick Pabst. PBR, <laughs> Pabst Blue Ribbon. And the other tie-ins that I had found too is that all of these German brewers were all uh, as thick as thieves amongst one another. It was pretty much a closed shop. If you weren't German. Uh, you weren't you weren't a beer manufacturer, but uh, William Senior's daughter Hilda marries the son of Frederick's paps, Gustav. Paps. Yeah, Gustav Colt Forty Five, I believe, was his name. Is that correct? <laughs> <laughs> Works every time. Yeah, and then uh, Elsa, um, the the daughter of William Senior, his other daughter Elsa marries Gustav's brothers, who's. Uh, who marries the daughter of Schlitz? <laughs> oh so my God! Between the Lemp Brewery, six Schlitzes, Paps, and Schlitz, the are three families that controlled the three largest breweries in the world at the time, and they're all intermarried. Funny how money finds money that yeah. way. In this instance, uh, uh, barley finds barley. That's right. Um, so, but unfortunately, uh, again, Frederick Paps will pass away, and now you add this onto an already depressed and physically ill and uh, and mentally declining uh, uh, William Senior. William Senior will actually start what unfortunately becomes a little bit of a pattern here, folks. His father died of cirrhosis. Um, now William Senior is going to start a new tradition. He commits suicide. Um, so a new tradition. Yes, uh, unfortunately, it's going to be uh, a recurring theme throughout the story here, and part of the the horror, if you will, and the, the mystique of uh, the eventual Lemp Mansion. So yeah, he takes his own life by uh, shooting himself with a thirty eight uh, in the mansion. Now, Dad, we're talking about the mansion here. He started having this thing built. Uh, this was yeah. Imagine I'm trying to think of like a. I don't want to say all right. So just. Trump himself becomes a distraction because he he uh, violates our rule of uh, nothing more than uh, nothing prior nothing forward of 1970 on the show, <laughs> but um, his you know a, a Trump Tower or a Taj Mahal or some sort of a, a big um, over the top estate like a, like George Clooney's villa in Italy type thing. That's kind of how this. Um, oh, a perfect example: William Randolph Hearst and Hearst's Castle. Why I didn't think of that, even though we did an episode on it, I didn't think of it. Okay. But this is a, a big money. This is a legacy building that they have over here. It's a gorgeous uh, – uh, there, there's part Victorian here, part uh, very much Italian-derived uh, architecture over there as well. A lot of the state-of-the-art things, a lot of stuff you can only get in certain parts of the world. Uh, Hand-carved African mahogany runs throughout the house as well. It, it, it was definitely it was an ostentatious – Yeah, Victorian splendor. So if you're into the um, 
the Victorian mansions, uh, this was this was like one of the centerpieces of of that era. So, um, in like stupid terms, bougie as fuck. Yeah. Bougie as fuck. Way to say it. Now, William Senior had he will commit suicide, and I believe you confirmed that, right? That it was in the house. It was in Lemp Mansion. Yeah, it was. Okay. So he's committed suicide in Lemp Mansion, which, by the way, is still standing, folks. We covered that. Kahuna brought yeah, a couple of pictures yeah, here. Yeah. Um, I'll tell you what, Kahuna, can you bring up uh, just a photo? We have one on there. I believe it's called um, uh, Bring Up um, Lemp Suite, Lemp Room. We have that one outdoor shot. Actually, you brought up another outdoor good shot. Bring up Creepy Fucking Hallway. <laughs> This is the kind of this would have been like a state of the art place here, you know, um, uh, a room to sit up. You know. Now, what year are we in right now? So it's gonna it changes because the story started with original. We're going through generations of the family here, so I'm gonna actually give you. So a year I'm saying on this like current now. generation then. Uh, well, so this is going to be uh, the, the people that we're talking about right now. William Senior has now tragically taken his own life. The brewery's gonna now pass on to William Junior. Okay, who we're gonna call Bill. He went by Billy Lemp. Okay, now he is a focal point of the story over here. He also went to St. Louis University, as did his father before him, where he also studied the art of brewing, which is convenient because he now finds his college education helpful. He's now in charge of the William Lemp Brewing Company. His brother, Frederick, never got a chance to take it over. His father's committed suicide. Welcome to the family business. It's yours now. What are you going to do with it? So Yeah. And at this point, Lemp Brewery is is huge financial. I think it's the third largest brewery uh, of all times, and they're already shipping. Uh, they've got national distribution by refrigerated rail cars. Lemp Brewery was also the first brewery to uh, ship their beer via air. I mean, we're we're <laughs> we're back in the early 1900s, Wright Brothers kind of a thing. That uh, early on in the in the 15s, um, they um, did a uh, you know a marketing kind of a thing where they're shipping their beer by air. There was Lemp beer on the Titanic. Um, so the, the same, the same era, and the whole big splendor of the Titanic. If you wanted to have the one of the finest beers available, it was it was going to be on the Titanic. So um, you know we're we're talking big time, and uh, it's to Lemp, die for. Lemp Brewery is is absolutely over the top. Uh, if only there was some ice rich. for them to keep those beers cold. Oh with. God. <laughs> now between William's sudden ascension to the head of the company here. And is also very rocky in public divorce from Lillian Handlar, also known as the Lavender Lady for her outfits and debutante lifestyle. Bring up a picture, as, as Cahoon already noticed, great cleavage on this one. What? <laughs> pretty lady. She's a pretty lady. I said lady, pretty Cahoon. lady. There ain't nothing there. No, uh, she was a pretty lady. And as my father told me earlier, she was actually considered a trophy wife for the time frame. And she's a good looking woman here, too. But uh, uh, Billy likes to sling it around a little bit. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, he's spreading he the seed. He likes to spread the seed. Right. He's got a lot of money over there. So uh, he's got hops and barley for you if you're looking for something, man. Just, uh, you know, don't give him any yeast back. Whole thing, you know, that being said, that being said. Yeah, so William J. Lemp Jr. goes Billy. by the name We're calling him Billy. Billy. All right, not to be confused with William J. Sr., who is now gone because he, he offed himself. So now we've got his son, Billy. And one of the reasons daddy offed himself is because Frederick, his brother, died early on, who was the heir apparent. But now through all kinds of, uh, you know, underhanded dealings and everything else, he, he got Charles Bronwick out of the out of the picture kind of a thing. So, I mean, there's the whole family is all looking for daddies and great granddads or granddad's money. It's not a it's not a uh, 
not a happy picture here as far as the family is concerned. But Billy gets himself a trophy wife, right? So yes, Lillian does. Handler, she's known as the Lavender Lady. She lavenders her color, seems to be uh, a part of everything about her too. And um, Dad, you told me this one. This is actually pretty fascinating too, and you don't need to repeat it when I say it. <laughs> um, this was nuts, and we laughed about it on the phone earlier. Um, Billy apparently got so fed up with his wife, um, the Lavender Lady here, Lillian Handler, um, that uh, he actually gave her pretty much a job spending his money every day. <laughs> yeah. This is – tell me uh, – ladies, you tell me. You tell me. Uh, fellas too if you really want to. But I know my girl Chelsea out there. I know uh, uh, Rachel. Anybody – we got a lot of diehard listeners. Um, Deb Potts, you tell me if uh, if this guy you were married to, Billy Lemp from the Lemp Family Fortune says, hey, I need you to go shopping and you have to spend $1,000 a day. Uh, and if you don't spend the full thousand, I don't give you any more money ever again. So now your job is, I have to spend $1,000 a day for the rest of my life. And all of a sudden, what were you saying? That crazy shit's coming up. Uh, all of a sudden, the, the horse collars are lavender. I yeah, mean, she, I she mean, couldn't figure out how to spend the money. She became known as the lavender lady. And they were married. She marries uh, Billy Lemp in 1899. And, you know, the marriage quickly is going south. Now, they did not live in the Lemp mansion. They lived across the street. Um, for whatever reason, she didn't want to live there. But she came from money, so she was used to having money. It wasn't like, you know, it was uh, she was the marrying the sugar daddy kind of a thing. He married a Hilton sister. Um, right. So uh, shortly thereafter, though, it quickly became apparent that this wasn't a match uh, made in heaven kind of a thing, that uh, Billy liked to uh, spread it around a little bit and someone sees. Now, you got to remember, too, there is this mansion. And they were really using the um, the first floor of the mansion for like the offices because the mansion was built very close to the Lemp Brewery, so it wasn't out of the realm. And there was, it was actually all a kinds tunnel of, that went from the house to the brewery. Yeah, there was tunnels under the house that went to these huge caverns. That uh, now that we have re, you know electrical uh, refrigeration and stuff, some of these uh, caverns were converted into theaters that. You could actually go into the theater. You would go down a circular staircase from the street level down into this, this huge thing. There was bowling alleys underground. Um, it's so good. They're polite out there, too, because over in Chicago, H.H. H. Holmes is like, how many tunnels are we talking here? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I mean, he, uh, Billy's having all kinds of wild and, and uh, reckless parties kind of a thing. Prostitutes being brought in. I mean, it wasn't it wasn't anybody's secret that uh, Billy is uh, – um, you know, skipping out on uh, on uh, the Lavender Lady. Now, can Lily. you bring up the portrait of the Lavender Lady for me, Coons, if you don't mind? The portrait? Yeah, yeah so Lavender the Lady. So that photo right there that you can see, folks, that's her obviously a little bit older, but she's got her uh, trademark lavender color on. And obviously that is a, a portrait that was done of her. Now she takes him to divorce court, folks. Very, very public, very rocky, tumultuous nuptials here. Wow. And uh, she takes him to divorce court. And uh, actually uses um, – pretty much takes him to the bank too, by the way. And uh, also yeah. takes the son, William Jr., William III, okay, William the for those third. keeping track right. at home. Uh, and he gets – literally the own father of the child gets nothing but visitation rights because part of the divorce was based on the grounds of uh, essentially intolerable cruelty. Yeah, so, I, I found some – I thought this was worthwhile here too that you know, they're married in 1899. And then uh, there's a, a huge sensational divorce in 1909 that she's suing him 
for uh, custody rights on uh, William the Third, right? The, their only son, William the Third, and uh, there's all kinds of you know sensational um, press going on. All the papers in St. Louis are covering this whole thing. Um, it's coming out that you know he was screwing around with other people, with prostitutes and everything else, having these outlandish parties in the underground caverns and everything else. Um, and initially, she loses custody of William the Third because the, she loses custody of the son because there was a photograph taken of her smoking a cigarette. Edward Bernays. <laughs> Smoking a cigarette. And that's grounds for, hey, let's that, take the kid away. That, that's grounds for losing custody of your child. Um, going back and forth, uh, eventually she is granted custody of the, the child. And like you said, he, uh, William or Billy is only given um, visitation rights. Um, and Lillian initially is granted an annual alimony of $6,000. Which adjusted for inflation, it doesn't matter. That's still six thousand dollars. That's pretty great for just being divorced. You know what I mean? Yeah, but that was also he he uh, Billy gave her the charge of you have to spend at least a thousand dollars a day, and now the alimony award was six thousand annual. Not satisfied with that judgment, Lillian then takes it to to the Missouri Supreme Court, where she's granted a lump sum alimony payment of a hundred thousand dollars which at the time was the largest sum ever awarded in Missouri. So the lavender lady definitely won out. She got custody of the kid and she got, you know, pretty much taken care of. As That's far one as expensive piece of. Huh? <laughs> right. Yeah. So. Yeah. That, uh, uh, that definitely uh, caught him in the, uh, Put his pants down, so to speak. Well, that's not uh, that's not the worst of the luck that old poor William Jr. here's going to have. So Billy Lump, okay, is uh, he's got a lot going on. Very public divorce from a very colorful, charismatic uh, woman here. Again, when you're known as the Lavender Lady, that's uh, a little bit over the top. Definitely a, a, a noteworthy person, especially I would call her a socialite. I think that's fair to say. Uh, super public divorce, like you said, Dad. Now William's luck with the business is also not going to go all that well. He cannot follow in his father's footsteps in expanding the business any further because a little thing called prohibition is about to come around. And the only way that you could probably try to stay alive during this time frame as a brewery or in the liquor bu liquor business at all is pretty much done. You got to make bathtub gin or pretend that you have um, medical grain alcohol, uh, medical grade alcohol rather. So um, what a lot of the breweries did, Anheuser-Busch, we found this out when we went on the tour in Jacksonville back when I lived in Florida. Um, they pivoted and they were able to stay open because like, oh, we have yeast. We make bread now. Definitely aren't making beer in the back behind the bread. Right. But if you guys wanted some beer to take home to forget about seeing the beer we have, that's definitely not here. We'd right. be OK with that. It's an illusion. And McSorley's in New York City was able to stay open because they serve something called near beer, where if you could get the ABV of the beer down just low enough uh, where it wasn't really considered a problem – you could get away with it. So that's why you start to see some of the weird German beers have like all of a sudden 2.5% alcohol, stuff like that, where you're like, oh, that's nothing, man. We don't have to worry about that. The whole reason for prohibition was so that people wouldn't be walking around shit-faced all the time, okay? Because America essentially looked like Seaside Heights Memorial Day weekend. <laughs> Government needs to mind its own damn business. It, uh, it sure does. That's a firm agreement on everybody here on this show. But that being said now, uh, prohibition is going to come through and they pretty much uh, – the Lemp Brewing Factory and facility is shut down. They don't – they're not able to pivot. They can't figure out, hey, we make pretzels or something like that. Yeah, and the rest of the Lemp family, they were all filthy rich at this point. 
point in time by daddy's money and granddad's money that they really didn't give a shit about the business. It's almost like uh, arrested development. <laughs> you know, he's yeah. uh, <laughs> he's the only one who cares about trying to get the family business back upright. Um, I, I shouldn't say the only one because there's some other stuff in here as well. But uh, William's luck is so bad because uh, and, and Kahuna almost almost to a T you pull this out of me beforehand here. Prohibition would strike. And because the government did it, what does it only hurt? The Le people. Legitimate businesses. Oh. So what happens? All of a that sudden, too. yeah, Al Capone's like, oh, you know, I could get this. Uh, I, I can cross state lines with this if I need to. So now all of a sudden you're taking a legitimately built empire by German immigrants. Literally, the uh, American dream is accomplished by a, a huge immigrant wave out in the Midwest. You're helping to develop St. Louis, a city that's starting to gain its color. Then prohibition is going to come in and just absolutely, for lack of a better term, just straight up the shitter of beer Mecca out in St. Louis, in Husserbush, St. Louis, Missouri. All right. But they're able to, you know, try to figure out a couple of things here. They're not losing money. They're not destitute or poor, like you were saying, Dad. But the Lemp Brewery is shut down and the factory is now sold at auction to a shoe company. In yeah. just his 18 years at the head of the family business, William Jr. had all but lost it. Okay. He's he's not doing well. He's now the captain of the ship as it's going down. So his father builds this massive empire here based off of his grandfather's uh, great idea that, that you know kind of caught lightning in a bottle. And now he seems to be the guy that's, again, running it into the ground. It's not all his fault to everything here, but he had failed to follow in his father's successful footsteps. So Kahuna, he's going to follow in his tragic footsteps. Yeah. You got to be kidding me. Just a little side note. Um, by 1922, so now we're into prohibition by what, uh, three years? Yeah. Um, you know, the brewery is shut down. Um, uh, Billy just comes in and t tells everybody, that's it. We're down. We're done. Everybody's out. You know, nobody's got a job anymore. Um, at the time before Prohibition, it was estimated that the value of the brewery, and again, now we're one of the third largest uh, breweries in, in the world. Um, and it was valued at 1922 money, anywhere between six to eight million dollars. And the uh, the brewery, the building, and uh, the various mechanics was sold at auction, valued at six to eight. It sold at auction for five hundred and eighty-eight thousand. Brutal. So he took a hit. <laughs> he took a hit. For Things sure. aren't going good, but that's the yeast of his concerns. God, concerns. come on, KP. You were waiting for that. You, you could do better. Time, We're trying to bring levity to a story about family suicides. <laughs> yeah. um, now, unfortunately here, we, just to bring you guys back for a second, William Sr.'s son, Frederick, had died uh, suddenly of medical issues. Okay, that, that was tragedy, which leads to William Sr.'s own suicide. Years later now, his son, William Jr., will commit suicide. And again, now even more tragically, again, another one of William Sr.'s children, uh, Elsa, his daughter, um, She's also in the midst of another rocky marriage, and there's some claims of mental illness and mental health issues, mental abuse and physical abuse as well. Um, I believe you told me, Dad, they caught her husband um, in bed with another woman. There was scenes of her chasing um, her yeah. own husband around St. Louis with a, a you know, a, not a pitchfork, but a, what, a fire a prod? Fire, a fire poker. Yeah, so fireplace poker. Uh, just picture Meghan Markle chasing Prince Harry around, trying to smack his ass. In the <laughs> you son of a bitch! Keep it. Actually, that's pretty much what happened to Tiger Woods. Black. I'm just thinking about it. <laughs> um, yeah, chasing after him with a golf club instead of a fireplace poker. Exactly. There you go. Now, two years now. Uh, and by the way, she actually, unfortunately, in this rocky marriage, will also commit suicide in the year 1920. 
two years before her brother will kill himself also in Lemp Mansion. We confirmed that, right? That William Jr. killed himself in Lemp Mansion? Yes. Did, so, did anybody not die on their own terms? Like, Yeah, Frederick. <laughs> Frederick, Adam's son, who was the heir apparent, yeah, apparently he dies of natural causes. Yeah, right? I think a heart attack, but a uh, bunch of illnesses they didn't <laughs> even know that he had, was a little though. sketchy, though, as to what the actual cause of his death was. Oh my god! Well, now uh, Elsa's marriage here is, uh, like we said, that that goes down because she commits suicide, obviously. Um, but that is actually it was so rocky that they debate that her husband might have had a hand in it, and the suicide might have been a cover up right. for a murder. Um, and there's actually, I think they're talking about making a movie into that. Uh, called the case for Elsa Lemp or something like that. Oh, wow. which, uh, yeah, it's probably yeah, probably marries, what's filming outside here at the <laughs> Bellworks right now. Elsa marries. Uh, it's not a happy marriage. They stay together. They're touring the world and everything else, but they they split and then reconcile and come back. And then a short while later, in a matter of days after they reconcile and come back together again, uh, she's found dead in her bed that she shot herself. Meanwhile, the husband was in the next room, like in the bathroom. But, you know, he, <laughs> there was a lot of uh, questionable uh, questions there to, that were never really answered as to uh, how she could possibly take her life lying in bed with him in the next room. But, hey, it's... Uh, He's sitting there. Uh, he forgot to take the chicken out of the fridge and she just lost it. Yeah. That was the final straw. It's another, it was another suicide too, though. Exactly. Um, so suicide is running in the family here. Mental illness is running in the family here. Some physical health stuff going on in the family here. So it's almost like this money is cursed. You could make a slight argument here. Now, interestingly enough, earlier we talked about uh, Billy Lemp's son, who he lost custody of, the son of uh, the Lavender Lady, Lillian uh, Galvin. So um, William the Third, William Lemp the Third, the only son of William Jr., who, by the way, again, was uh, uh, the subject of a custody um, divorce decree. Um, he's actually able to help salvage the family name. He gets a very interesting idea here. I'm not going to be able to start up my own family business or anything like that, and I can't get the, the brewery back. But what if I sell you the Lemp name and here's some licensing rights and you guys can call yourselves Lemp Brewing to when he goes to somebody that's already established? So now Lemp Beer, which is still world famous in St. Louis and the world, to be quite honest, <laughs> um, you can now revive that name a little bit here. That's actually, truth be told, that that's a way that uh, Trump has continued to, um, uh, anytime he lost money, whether it be an AC or anything like that, uh, selling the Trump name to things is a way that he was always, that's just a good example. I'm not, uh, we're just bringing him up because that's a, a current example of a guy who's done it very successfully. So anyway, uh, it's a good thing for the family here and certainly a nice distraction from these growing concerns of a seeming curse upon the whole Lemp family over here. It's a, a very uh, dismal uh, family history. And um, now we're going to get to another one of uh, Charles's children here. So uh, this is uh, Charles. I'm sorry, not Charles. Charles is another one of William Senior's children. That's how difficult this family tree is to figure out here, folks. Um, Charles is one of the brothers. Okay, he's uh, one of William uh, Junior's brothers, obviously, and uh, also one of Frederick's brothers here. Now he actually lives a bit a little bit longer, but he's a little bit eccentric himself. He lives in the manor in the mansion, and uh, he himself will actually never marry. So yeah, for this, the times, is post, that's this is after Prohibition is done and over with, mm -hmm. and uh, William the Third is trying to sell the Lemp name for the for the branding of uh, somebody else's beer, but using the Lemp uh, trademark, if you will. And then, now Charles was a bit a bit of a 
eccentric kind of a guy. When you have a lot of money, you're eccentric. When yeah. you don't have money, you're fucking nuts. Yeah. <laughs> and when you have just the right amount of money, <laughs> you're Tom I love Bates. that. <laughs> um, First thought that comes to mind is uh, Howard Hughes for some reason. <laughs> That's right. right. <laughs> well, what would you do? I would understand being a bachelor, but they would always put this, um, this note in there for uh, an eligible bachelor. Now, what's an ineligible bachelor? Howard Hughes. Pro- but no, probably somebody who was interested in something that maybe was forbode to be spoken about at the time. Yeah. So there's a little idea you can kind of fit in there. I'm sure if HBO or Netflix was turning this into a series, they would make Charles, uh, you know, an outright closeted uh, gay guy in this thing. And that's not what we're saying here because that would be slander, uh, especially for the times here too. But he does never marry. Okay. Never marries. Dabbles a little bit in local politics, kind of using the family name here. Maybe to, you know, I, I want to have an influence on, um, you know, the St. Louis around me and the St. Louis that's been so good to my family, blah, blah, blah. Lives in the mansion uh, himself, his dog, a Doberman Pinscher. Okay. And um, is it Pincer or Pinscher? Pincer. 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 We're not going to. We're doubling back. With Doberman. We're doubling back down on the gay thing, aren't we? It's back um, to the German. Uh, Heritage with the Dobermans. It is. It is. He's got uh, Mr. Burns hounds that he can sick on people. There you go. Um, and the only people that live in the mansion with him are his servants who happen to be a married couple. Now, is Charles running around like his brother banging everything that moves or is he a little bit more of a reserved, maybe closeted? Uh, you know, introverted. He's more yeah. introverted. He really starts to show some uh, a couple of strange moves later on in life over here, though. Kahuna, tell me where you would get concerned by this. Stop. Um so your name is uh, uh, Big Kahuna. You own Big Kahuna Funeral Home okay, okay. in St. Louis. And um, all of a sudden, this guy, Charles, who comes from a very wealthy family, and he begins showcasing some eccentric behaviors. He sends you a letter at Big Kahuna Funeral Homes saying, uh, hey, hello, Big Kahuna Funeral Homes. How are you guys? Uh, Charles Lemp here. Listen, um, when I die um, – I don't want you guys to wash my body or anything. I don't want you to change my clothes. I don't really want you to do anything. I want you to cremate me immediately. Don't do any of the preparation stuff. Just throw me right into the fire as quickly as possible. Don't even take my clothes off my body. Burn the shit out of my ashes. Then uh, put them in a tiny pine box and bury them on my farm. Oh, and also, don't tell the newspaper. Don't tell the newspaper that don't he notify, died. Don't, don't notify anybody that he died. Just no death come notice. In, get the body. Just burn me. it and bury the ashes. Get rid of me and stick me in the ground. Why? Well, I mean, it was a strange note to be received uh, by a local funeral home in St. Louis, but um, they probably didn't think much of it. They're like, oh, those lemps, they're a little bit goofy and crazy. Um, until eight years later, when on uh, one fateful night, Dad, what happens at Lemp Mansion one more time? Uh, he decides that it's time to go. Now he had been. Oh my god! His oddities have been building. That uh, bro- brother Charles now, um, <laughs> he's kind of an odd, an odd character in his own right. Um, he develops this morbid fear of germs. He's always walking around wearing gloves. He's got this uh, obsessive compulsive behavior uh, wearing these gloves. As I say, he's the fear of germs. Uh, he takes the Doberman down into the basement and kills the dog and then goes upstairs. And when he's on the staircase going up to the second floor, decides to off himself. I mean, commit suicide on I the love sta- my on dog too, but I ain't taking her with me. Uh, exactly. It's, uh, I, I'd probably ask my dog to do that. He'd pull the trigger first. <laughs> 
Um, Charles commits suicide in the mansion again. Surprise, okay. surprise. Surprise, surprise. What's going on with this cursed house? What's going on with this hair? Now, also, he was like you were saying, Dad, he's uh, he's wearing gloves. He's become a germaphobe. He's a little bit nuts on these things. And again, he writes this letter. And then that was eight years ago. Eight years ago, he wrote you a letter telling you how to dispose of his body if he should die. Right. And now he dies. And again, um, yeah, even, he, he leaves a note, though. He yeah. writes the He writes the letter. Eight years prior to mm -hmm. actually committing the deed, but what's also interlaced into this whole thing that there's another character that's living in the house. Oh, I got. We're going to set you up for success in a minute. All right, all right. I'll come back to it then. So uh, he leaves a note. By the way, uh, Charles leaves a note that uh, essentially reads, "If you find me dead, uh, it was by my own hand." So he wants everybody out there to know, "Hey, this was a suicide." No, don't don't go looking for a murderer or anything like Wait that. Wait a minute. He wants. Everybody to know it was a suicide, but nobody to know he died. He wants it to be certain that they know that it was a suicide. And by the way, I don't even know if they honored that because there's no way that the paper cannot announce that uh, a, a very well-known right. member of a prestigious family, such as the Lemps, in an iconic mansion in you know the heart of St. Louis, if you will, um, has you know committed suicide again, which again is a recurring theme in the family over here. Just but Dad, um, I'm going to set you up for success here, Lawrence Patrick. We've gone over uh, some of William Sr.'s kids here. You got Frederick, who dies of natural causes, but tragically. Uh, Lewis dies of natural causes uh, much later in life. <laughs> the, the brother Lewis, who we really don't talk much about because he wanted nothing to do with the family business. Yeah, he just he just, just kind of stayed out, right? Separated himself. But lives a full life, right? William Jr. takes over the family business, commits suicide in Lemp Mansion, okay? In the same manner that his dad did. Exactly. Uh, Elsa Lemp commits suicide, or did she? Or did she? Right? And now Charles has committed suicide over here as well. So, Dad, um, if the house isn't haunted already, it probably is going to be. The mansion, like I said, folks, still standing, available for tours. Oh, this, yeah. This yeah, family has some harrowing tales over here. Dad, I'm going to ask you the question that's going to be on everybody's mind. <laughs> Look at the time right now. Kuhn, is that a live time? Yeah. 105.30. 105.30, folks. 105.30 is the timestamp where we're going to answer the question that's going to haunt you for a couple of weeks. Okay. Dad, who is Monkey Face? What the hell? <laughs> no, it's not Kahuna. Um, no, hey! But right around, uh, right around the time that Charles kills himself, or just prior to that, um, there was a story that comes out, or the story had been circulating, that there was somebody living in the uh, Lemp Mansion. Bring that up Ghost in the Window photo, Kahuna. Oh, where the fuck is it? Where the fuck is it? Come down, come down. There it is. Uh, <laughs> monkey face boy. The star of Clerks 3. <laughs> there you go. All right, here we go. If it's the audio, I'm not explaining what it is. You got to watch it on visual. So now here's a, a great shot of uh, Lemp Mansion over here. And uh, that's a window up there, which this is what appears to be maybe a ghost of some sort over here. But dad, again, please answer the question. We mentioned it 105.30. Yeah, we got to go back to uh, um, Billy Lemp. Um, he was known to be associating with prostitutes and skipping around on on the Lavender Lady and stuff. And there was a rumor uh, circulating around, and it was kind of confirmed by servants who were living in the Lemp Mansion at the time. I believe a chauffeur and a couple of the other servants that uh, Billy Lemp had fathered um, a child that was not Mrs. Lemp's son. Um, it was a, a boy that had a, a Down syndrome child. 
And we know for, that now. Yeah, we know that now. At the time, to have a family um, with somebody with Down syndrome within the family was a major taboo that that was kept hidden. So we have this child who was born, uh, a, a Down syndrome child who was born, and is now hidden away in the Lemp Mansion uh, up in the uh, top floor, up in the attic of the Lemp Mansion with the servants' quarters and stuff, that this kid was raised, if you will, um, throughout his life within the confines of the, of the Lemp Mansion. Um, and his own dad, Billy uh, Lemp, um, called him uh, Monkey Face Boy. So, um, not sure if it's a term about, of endearment. Yeah, talk not about sure. a tortured soul. Um, um, not allowed to leave the upstairs here. So that that there's a, a horror cliche, right, of looking upstairs and seeing a face in the window, and maybe a boy who, maybe there's a house on the corner where the boy doesn't come out or something like that. Um, you know, and that that's that's honestly it's taken from real life because people were a lot more cruel back then. So you want to learn to how to have a little bit of empathy as we learn more stuff about uh, science and everything. Um, and how to, uh, to deal with those things. It yeah, was a, so a much now, crueler time here and to be called monkey face uh, and, and to have people curious and wondering about it here. Um, and there's also, there, there's more to talk about with him here uh, moving on as well. But what do you got, sir? Yeah, there was, there was you know, rumors of, of this kid living in the, in the house, this child, uh, this poor unfortunate living in the house. And now Charles is back into the house. All right, the guy that was kind of a, well, not quite off us, half a bubble off a level uh, um, himself. Charles. Charles, yeah. Willie, uh, Billy's brother, who is now in the house with, you know, monkey face boy, if you if you will, living up in, in the attic. And it, it's rumored that, uh, that shortly after the monkey face boy's death, that's when Charles took his own life. So I guess... You know, he was taking care of the kid. You can only imagine, was he taking care of his brother's child, his brother's illegitimate child until, uh, you know, when, when he finally passed, then uh, Charles um, committed suicide. A lot of stuff going on. A lot, of, And it's, by the way, it's very hard to keep track of this family. If you guys didn't pick up on that from the episode here, too, because they, they're not really, they weren't very public about a lot of their records and stuff. Uh, in fact, that's also going to leave. Uh, I want to do get into Edwin here in a second, Dad, and then I got to. Uh, I want to scare the shit out of Kahuna before we leave. Oh, I have to. Um, but did you have anything else that you wanted to uh, get no, into before I jump in here? No, um, commence firing on uh, Kahuna's uh, psyche. Sleep. I'm going to put on my creepy voice for Kahuna. He's got his headphones on, so that's don't good here. do that. No, uh, Edwin uh, Lemp now, uh, who I believe was the youngest son. Uh, Edwin also worked at the brewery, but left that in order to explore charitable work and also his passion for uh, zoology and collecting animals and helping to support endeavors such as the St. Louis Zoo. Uh, he wouldn't really display any reportable erratic behavior until in 1970. This is Edwin. He had this. Uh, he had a, a gorgeous place out in the country, um, big, big farm property, stuff like that, gorgeous house with their huge observation tower. That he could kind of be, you know, taking a look and, and kept a bunch of animals, different types of birds and stuff. He was really like, um, there's almost a Jumanji type thing going on with him. <laughs> all right, but um, but he's well thought of. Uh, he's kind of almost considered like a, a, a normal lemp, if you will, uh, until in 1970, upon his deathbed at age 90, which makes him the longest living lemp too, I believe. 
1970, on his deathbed, age 90, he instructs his, uh, instructs his servants, destroy the family art collection and destroy all of my family heirlooms. The last limp once everything the destroyed. Last limp. Leave no trace. Get rid of everything. So, Cahoons, if I could ask you to bring up uh, Creepy Fucking Hallway 2. <laughs> a little up there. Yeah. Um, these are some of the things. Uh, uh, the, the mansion's actually going to eventually fall into uh, disrepair. It becomes a boarding house for a little while. Hey, do you want to rent a room over here? You know, do you want one of the rooms someone committed suicide in? Or do you want to pay? You know, fuck no. Or do you want to pay full price? <laughs> it's, That's right. Listen, you stay in one of the suicide rooms, we give you Wi-Fi, all right? Everything gets prorated. You get $100 off the rent for everybody who kills himself in your room. You understand? Uh, that Good one hit close Kate. to home. But that would be if Lent Mansion was in Jersey. I don't know why I made it that way. Um, so Lent Mansion is uh, is pretty wild over here. The Lemp family is very crazy. Uh, again, everything, all the family heirlooms are getting destroyed on the deathbed. That's a deathbed wish. It almost makes you wonder. You could kind of conjure up pretty easily a story that there was a curse upon something that this family had. The money was cursed. Take the money with you. Don't let it pass down to anybody else. Take the curse with you to the grave. That's just me. I just have a degree in creative writing from Brookdale Community College. That's what I'm thinking about. All right. My friend is an active filmmaker. Um, and then, uh, you know, he's maybe probably running around with that with his imagination. My father likes to tell ghost stories around a campfire to terrified Cub Scouts. Okay. Maybe <laughs> this is stuff we're all thinking about here. We're not saying it's true. We're spinning a good yarn over here because that's what this place is going to go into um, uh, its legacy into being restored now is that, of course, what are they going to do? Kahuna. Lem Mansion, like we said, is still standing. It becomes a boarding house for a little while. Then the historical people start coming in there. People start saying, you know, this house has a story, man. We should tell it. We should be doing something with this. After all, the house is considered one of the 10 most haunted places in America. So like all places that have housed multiple tragic suicides, majority of within you know one family, and perhaps housed a, a, a trapped monkey face boy upstairs, um, it now operates as a dinner theater, a bed and breakfast, and a bar. We're going to sign you up, Kahuna. Kahuna, you've been with us for four years now. We wanted to get you something to really let you know how much we love you. Oh, God. That's right. How would you like to stay overnight in William Lemp's room? Please bring up the William Lemp room photo. That's where – actually, I think that's the Lavender Lady's room, right, Dad? Yeah, I think so. Okay. Is this the Lemp suite? So that is William Lemp's room. Now, that comes – take a good look here, folks, on the visual if you can. And if you're missing out on us on YouTube, I understand. I love that you listen to us in the car or on the treadmill or whatever you're doing. Um, the people have been down since day one. You make the show worthwhile and every new person that comes on board, we love you. Um, but I want you to see these visuals if you can. So this is at uh, the one fourteen minute mark. You can see this one over here. And then Coons, just jump over to that other photo. So we got um, the, the Lavender Room one that we said. Now this one they're calling the Lavender Room. Now the Lavender Lady uh, portrait is also hanging up in Lemp Mansion over here. And um, – Got show me creepy hallway again if you can. Which one, the OG? Or? Uh, the OG. So you can picture that this would be like a cool thing to look at during the day, but when it's nighttime and maybe you're by yourself, boom. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> and of course it's a bed and breakfast. Uh, like my crazy buddy Anthony D. Domenico uh, went out and stayed at the um, uh, the the axe murderer's place. Oh my god. I can't believe I'm blanking on her Lizzie name. Borden? Lizzie Borden's. He stayed at uh, her place where she committed the murders. The bed and breakfast? Oh, yeah. Remember that? He came fucking in, bedroom? He zoomed in to tell us about it. Um, here's a couple things I thought you guys would get a kick out of. 
Uh, this story is submitted by Deanna Cole in August of 2014. A couple of weeks ago, my husband and I were part of a large group that dined at the mansion. We were seated straight back from the entrance in a rear dining room. In the past, I have had a number of experiences with spirits from as early back as age six and have come to the conclusion that I am far more open to them than most people. Deanna, I'm not mocking you here, but I had an ex that used to think that ghosts talked to her everywhere. Sometimes it would scare the shit out of me, and other times I'd be like, listen, uh, if if your beads and these power crystals you have are so great, can they help the Giants win the Super Bowl? All right, can you get that out of you? (laughs) We arrived late, so we were quickly whisked back to our table, and throughout the dinner, I did not sense anything. However, when leaving, We had an opportunity to linger in the entryway to the dining room that is on the first left of the entrance. I felt something immediately. I can't say that it was negative, but more so nosy and cranky, and I got the strong sense that it was male, masculine. It stood up while it was peeing. Um, I almost got the sense that he was seeking my attention, and I was drawn to the corner of the room that is diagonal from the entrance to the room. I felt a shiver and immediately developed goosebumps and told my husband, there is something in that room. I'm getting major heebies. We left just after I said that, so I did not get more opportunity to explore. Just today, I decided to Google the mansion, and lo and behold, that was William Lemp II's office where he took his own life. I do want to note that I did not have any sense of the lavender lady. However, I did not approach her painting. That was submitted by Deanna Cole, August of 2014. Right? Uh, LP, you've got a good one in there, too. Um, Yeah. You you had a a ladies' room story you wanted to share. And then I got one more to scare the shit out of the kahuna with. Yeah. this The mansion has now been restored to its uh, fine dinner theater. There's a restaurant. There's a bed and breakfast. So Uh, Clerks uh, 3 is having a screening there. You know, when you can make money (laughs) off of uh, scaring people, uh, why not? And... um, on the first floor, there's a uh, a bar uh, associated with the with the bed and breakfast t- and restaurant type thing, and there was one report where um, this couple goes into the bar and uh, um, the lady of the group um, needs to go to the to the restroom, so she goes to the ladies' room, and while she's in the ladies' room, uh, sitting doing her business, uh, a male looks over the top of the petition within the ladies' room staring at her and she's quite indignant over the whole thing and then you know the male uh, disappears uh, and she goes back into the bar and you know announces to everybody oh i hope you got a good look you know i hope that was worth it for you hope you got your jollies (laughs) off and everybody in the bar is like well what are you talking about um nobody nobody here got up from the bar um, and everybody was, and the bartender was attesting, yeah, nobody, nobody left the bar while you were in the ladies' room. And then it was found out later on that the restroom, uh, the ladies' room was actually, um, uh, Billy Lemp's, uh, private bathroom when he had offices on the first floor of the, of the Lemp mansion. So that the ladies' room was Billy Lemp's private bathroom and it was billy lemp that was looking over the top of the stall at her little r kelly action and going on was, Lord Kelly, and he was uh he was the one that was also you know fooling around with all the prostitutes and everything else so he was uh 
He was a, a dirtbag. But a bit. scary stuff. Now, there's another one, too, that I would like to point out, Kev. I don't know if you were going uh, to jump on to I hope the, it's not the same the one I have, but go ahead. Monkey what face? Well, uh, yeah, I'll tell you what. You tell monkey face, I'll tell this one, and then I'll plug actually, and then I'll plug some dates before I read that one, so we can keep everybody's attention because they want to hear the last ghost story. Well, this is short and quick, but Hit you em. know, of course, um, with the uh, the fame and fortune that uh, this Lemp Mansion has now come upon for all the various uh, hauntings and and ghost uh, seekers. Bring up ghost couch, please, Kahuna. Sure. Um, <laughs> we got, I, that's how I can tell he's not having fun anymore. There was ghost hunters, if you will, for the lack of a, a better term, that went into the uh, Lemp Mansion and went up into the attic where it was uh, uh, rumored that that's where uh, Monkey Face Boy um, spent most of his lifetime, if you will, up in the, uh, the attic, the top floor of the Lemp Mansion. And um, you know, his whole childhood was nothing but that attic. And these various ghost hunters put out various kids' toys and stuff on the floor. And when they came back the next day, the toys were in a different position from where they were left. So it's it's felt that the uh, the ghost or the spirit of Monkey Face Boy was finally able to uh, get some enjoyment out of playing with some of the toys that these ghost hunters left for him. That he gets reported about a lot in these other stories I read about, but almost all of them say that he's like a happy spirit. You know what I mean? I think um, a, a woman saw – one woman took a photo uh, and she saw a boy's face in the photo. And then she heard – when she saw the boy's face, could hear a voice say, I'm here too. <laughs> yeah, oh, Kahuna's done. I got one more ghost story for you here, folks. But I do <laughs> want to remind you that if you want to help support the show, the best way to keep doing it. <laughs> that's not a ghost story. Okay. For $3 a month, as low as $3 a month. Okay, that's all I'm asking of. If you want to give more, we really do appreciate it. We're working on changing something up a little bit here because we put these Patreon episodes out and we, we do these literal art pieces that, that people love and, and give us so much credit for. But then only like a handful of people get to hear them. So slowly I've been putting out some of the old Patreon episodes. But we are going to rework some stuff on that. We're having fun with the visual thing. We're going to keep growing this. Okay. We love doing the show. We love, we got to be able to pay the kahuna. We got to be able to take care of the expenses here. The old man needs his retirement fund, folks. All right. Okay. Do you know how much money he spends on mustache cream? But um, <laughs> anyway, I also have a fledgling comedy career that's continuing to take off. Do me a favor. Watch Escape from Jacksonville. It's directed by Christian Cordez, whoever the hell that is. Okay. It was put out by 800 Pound Gorilla. Um, that album's actually being released on uh, Sirius XM coming up here soon. I have the paperwork for that one. Um, it's going to be through Bad Password uh, uh Bad Password label is actually the ones that are putting that out for me. Um, so very cool. Very excited about all this stuff, man. Check out the clips. Come see me live if you can. Uh, Nick's Comedy Stop got treated to uh, a great show top to bottom, man. I was very honored to close that one out. And uh, we sent the people home happy, man. So I'm looking forward to doing that here again. You guys can come see me. It would mean a lot, in fact, if you did. November 10th, 11th, 12th, and 13th, I'll be at Side Splitters in Tampa. I think I'm headlining the Thursday and the Sunday show. And the rest of the weekend, I'm going to be uh, uh, featuring for Josh Adam Myers. Uh, he's a uh, comics would know him. He's uh, he's a pretty uh, well-known guy from out in L.A. Uh, does a lot of music comedy and stuff like that. Goddamn comedy jam, all these other things. He's a cool guy. I've never met him, so I look forward to working with him. But if you listen to the show and you're in Tampa, let me know, man. I think I'm going to go back on uh, Calta. My, patty, uh, my buddy uh, Mike Calta is going to bring me back on his show. Um, so I'm looking forward to that while I'm down there as well. Other opportunities to come see me, folks. In December, in December, December 9th, 
I will be headlining Laugh It Up in Poughkeepsie. Okay, very excited about that. Great club, great people up there. I always have fun up in Poughkeepsie, uh, which sounds like an oxymoron, but it's true. Um, so I'm going to be headlining that club finally for the first time. Uh, the great Bobby Kelly's brought me through. There's so many other people. Now it's my chance to do it. It would mean a lot to me if you came out. If you got people in the area, come on out if you can. Saturday, December the 10th. Poughkeepsie, I, that's like New York State, right? It sure is. Okay. Um, I'm just wondering. If <laughs> there's the only one Jersey Poughkeepsie. Jersey going to New York now. Well, uh, the Jersey guy is going to be a hometown hero when he comes back up to North Jersey to headline the dojo in Morris Plains over at Tiff's Guys. Come on out for that one. We sold the fucker out last time. I, I'm not saying we're going to do it again, but let's have a good time, man. We'll get the cone up there, man. He'll sign some autographs for you guys. He'll sign a couple of photos. Uh, you know, maybe, maybe mark, a, a clerk's three uh, photo for you or something. I sign like boobs that. only, okay? That, boobs only, he says. <laughs> um, those are the dates I have coming up over here. We're trying to put some other stuff together down on the road. If you want to come, if you want me to come down to your town, dude. Uh, Virginia Beach, I got people that want to come out there. Uh, mention me to the local clubs. If you have a venue, you know, we can do a one-night event or something like that. I'll come on down, man. Uh, I, the, the show that we're doing live, the friends I get to bring with me, it's all great. Um, and we're having a blast doing it, man. And I will have uh, more dates coming up with some of the best headliners in the country because I've just been very, very blessed with all that. That being said, one last ghost story and we're out. Kahuna, you ready? <sighs> you ready? Yeah, let's just fucking... <sighs> so this was sent in by Carrie uh, from St. Louis in September of 2008. And she sent this to a website called, uh, was it Legends of America, Dad, I believe? I believe so. Yes, Legends and, of and America. And I, I think this is pulled from the website that's running everything for Lent Mansion, which, by the way, put it on your list, folks. Go check it out. Check it out during the daytime if you're like me um, or with a proton pack at night if you're like my father. Um, <laughs> this is from Carrie. Up. Carrie in 2008. And there's feedback on this one, too, here. Um I was looking at pictures of the mansion, and there is one in particular that stands out. It's the one of the Lemp Mansion at night, October 2004. Is there supposed to be someone standing in the front of the museum? Because if I'm looking at the picture correctly, there's a man standing to the right of the staircase just behind the cement pillar. All I can see is face and possibly a cane. That's from Carrie in September 2008. The editor's note. What is actually in the photo is a parking meter and a tree in the background. There is no man. We cannot explain what looks like a face. One last little one here. In your picture of the Lemp Mansion staircase, right under the boy's chin is another child. Once I saw the boy in the picture, I heard the other boy's voice saying, Me too. I'm here. I just want to let you know, once again, from Liz, July 2006. If you guys go out to Lem Mansion, you have some sort of an experience like that. Give me a DM, let me know about it, and I will give you Kahuna's direct cell phone number, and you can leave creepy you voicemails. You will <laughs> do no such fucking thing. Oh man! Oh, no, absolutely not. It took us a while to get there, man. A lot of lot of tragedy in this family. A lot of good beer too, apparently. Um, but uh, that is a building that is still standing. That is living history that you can go see. We encourage everybody to go out and go see these things. No, we uh, don't. Partic you got to participate in this. You want to see Lemp Mansion, okay? I'm not saying you got to spend the night, Coon, but you want to see it. All right, and there's comedy clubs in St. Louis. You motherfuckers, come. come let I'm me not know. Stepping about foot it. in that building, <laughs> friggin'. That's some dumb people shit. Yeah, That's when you're it. visiting St. Louis and you're near the Gateway Arch, uh, you're right near where Adam Lemp set up his first brewery. And uh, again, the house is right there on the river too, right on Route 55. 
Beautiful. So I'm sure there's an improv or a funny bone or something nearby. Let me know, folks. <laughs> all right. Uh, guys, thank you so much. Uh, the only way to support the show is through the Patreon right now. We still like to put stuff out over here on YouTube. Uh, we're not making anything on that. We're not monetizing these videos on YouTube. We're putting them out there Yet. because people wanted to see the visual aspect of us. And that's what we're doing here, folks. So we Which absolutely love you. Itself, just all that's, <laughs> I'm going to lose weight again. I promise. Okay. Yeah. I'm working on myself. I have a handlebar mustache to remind me that it's, it's time to lose maybe a couple of the chins. But on behalf of the great Teddy Roosevelt, on behalf of uh, Ming over at a shared universe podcast studio in Homedale, New Jersey, the great big kahuna behind the ones and twos who we love so goddamn much who helped us do this whole thing to my father, Lawrence Patrick, who made me love history. And to all of you who are going to be upset tonight, because as you're trying to fall asleep in the dark room, you're going to hear me too. I'm here too. Just have a beer. <laughs> that does work. Uh, but that was the history of Lemp Mansion, American Loser. An American Loser the day I was born. American loser the day I was born An American loser the day I was born